Welcome everybody to the Conversations Podcast, Married People 2024 edition. I am joined, this is Sean Stover by the way. I am here though with my wife who I am married to, hey Christina. 29 years, 28 years. Sorry. Oh see? See May will be 29. She is, it's what, been so good. She yeah, wants to, she wants is. more and also we have Jose and Taylor Abaroa joining us. Great to be here. Yeah, love uh, you guys and the way that you model marriage for us and really excited about this Married People series this year. Absolutely. Me too. I think it's going to be really cool. We're looking at it different than in the years past. Christina and I have done some of the heavy lifting with teaching, and this year we're relying on a resource, Family Life's Art of Marriage resource. And what they did was they took a word from Scripture that had something to do with God's love for us, and each week built a lesson around that. So we did the first lesson this week, Hased. I'm sure I'm not putting enough coughing sound or phlegm sound. Yeah, it's that, more in your throat. <laughs> yeah, well, more in your throat. You know, when you're a Houston boy, uh, you're a long <laughs> way from from Greece. Um, but the idea is that there's this covenant, steadfast love of the Lord that we get to experience regardless of our performance, and we can't explain it. We we don't deserve it, and we can't make it go away. It, it is. It's it, Somebody described it as like a waterfall pouring over us um, that we just get to bask in, and that's how much God loves us. And if we somehow get a glimpse or a sense of how powerful that is, then the belief is we should want to share that. And most importantly, mm-hmm. we want to share that in our marriage. And so what does it look like then to take this amazing said love, which also means secure attachment, by the way. It means like being significantly attached in a way that can't be pulled apart. And that's how God and, and our relationship with the Lord, as we receive Jesus as our Savior, we have this secure attachment and we receive His love we can't pull away from him. He's going to chase us down. And uh, boy, that would be a great picture if I somehow figured out how to pull that off in marriage. with. Well, I think it's important to go back when you say that my, like there was this old saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy Mm. leads to a lot of codependence. And so that's not what they're saying. They're saying, I am so full of God's love that there's an outpouring to my spouse, a constant, regardless of what need or not need, my need is not being met. It is a constant and it doesn't require anything performance based. And the world will tell you, well, I'm codependent with them. You need to be codependent. You need to rely on your spouse. And I, we, we know that because we've been codependent for some years. We've been in that bad spot and it's just about getting whole, full and healthy in your own relationship with the Lord, knowing who you are, and then everything that you have is an outpouring, a blessing kind of extra that you get to pour out on your spouse. Yeah, that's really good. So you guys heard this for the first time. You can comment on that, Jose, if you want, but also I'm curious, y'all saw the video for the first time tonight and got to have some discussion around it. What were some takeaways for you guys? Yeah, what I was going to add is that it's a lot of pressure. When you think about completing your spouse, and it's really cool the way that God orchestrated this, that as we get closer to the Lord, I can can compliment Taylor instead of trying to complete her. And yeah, what came out of this is the first question was, what expectations did you have early on in marriage? And and I did think that Taylor was going to solve all my problems, that I was not going to be alone for the rest of my life. I found the companion, the the person that I chose to be my wife. and, And I thought, here we go. It's going to be 
bliss. And it has been good, but it's also been really hard at times. And the, the hard work has been uh, really important to keep up. And uh, so again, it's so important to go back to God's love because yeah. that's where our bliss lasted six hours, not, or eight not very, hours. Not very long. As Jose was describing that, I was thinking there's a subtle but significant difference between the waterfall of God's love that asks nothing in return and the waterfall of your needs and expectations that you poured yeah. on to everything yeah. from the other person. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's How about good. you, Taylor? Any thoughts from tonight? I think what stood out to me is thinking about Hesed love is the steadfast aspect of it. You know, if we're thinking of that image of the waterfall, it's flowing, it's coming down, and it's steady along the way. And I think that's a really key component um, because we can talk about different types of love and different words, and we'll get into that later. But it's popular for love to be really romantic, or it's popular for love to be for a short period of time. But we're talking about a love that's steady and enduring over a long period of time. Yeah, one of the illustrations in, for those of you that didn't get to be here, was a man named Greg and his wife named Lisa, and she had MS, and she was bedridden for 25 years, Mm. and he served her. And in that moment was so aha for me that at first he said he was trying to do it in his own strength, and kind of his whole thing was, I'm not leaving. But that was it. Like, that was his, like, I'm not going anywhere. But it's that wasn't enough. And he saw that he needed people around to some borrowed hope, if you will. And I just think it was such a, I mean, I was weeping through the whole um, illustration. But what a true illustration of God's love for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, can't earn it. We don't do anything. He just loves us, and He lavishes on us, Mm -hmm. whether we perform or not. And it's exactly what Lisa could not do with MS for 25 years. And Greg was like, this is about me serving her. It was was just, I love it. It was a great picture, wasn't it? Was it him that said... Uh, we all marry somebody that's handicapped. handicapped yeah. I thought that was a powerful, because mm-hmm. I know that I'm handicapped. Um, I'm trying to imagine 25 years. Talking about your golf handicap? Uh, yeah, or are you I, talking yeah, about that, some other That's better other than handicap. some of my other areas that I'm handicapped in. But I, I will brag on myself for a second. <laughs> I didn't quite make it 25 years, but Christina had the flu for like three days, and I was throwing crackers under the door <laughs> and getting Sprite in there to you. I mean, did. running out before you could breathe my you direction. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm somewhat on the path Greg was on. Oh, serving, yeah. Serving All over. Three days strong. <laughs> For better, for worse, for richer, for poor, and sickness and health. health yeah. Three days of sickness. Three yeah, days. that's, that's <laughs> the limit right there. Yeah. Well, as we talk about this and we think about what do you do, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, whether you're able to attend the married people on Sunday night or not, you're hearing this for the first time, there's good news. There's practical things that you can do in your relationship to have more access uh, to take God's steadfast love, it's a said love that's mm-hmm. that's flowing into you and share it with your spouse. And I think the first and most significant thing we looked at was safety. Right. The beauty of our relationship with the Lord is He is incredibly safe. He's committed. He's covenant with us. He's not going anywhere. And we can throw things at Him. We can be mad at Him. We can you know, rant and rave, and he just stays steadfast. Well, is it Proverbs where it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. So the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Yeah. yeah. It's who he is. Yes. Yeah. 
And I think we can do that in our marriage. That's a real practical thing. There were many times in our relationship where I thought early on that Christina was the unsafe one and I was the safe one because I didn't blow up. I didn't yeah. explode. What I did do, though, was I would flee. I would abandon her, um, not only emotionally, but sometimes physically. I would just leave whenever things got really hard or conversations got hard. And I now know that that created a really unsafe environment for her. She didn't know where I was going to be, when I was going to want to engage with her. And then, you know, she was doing her own things. That right. Made- I was very unsafe for you because I was very angry in my outbursts and belittling my words, trying to hurt you. And so mine were outwardly, you could say you saw those more versus you fleeing. So very judgmental was very, I judged you for a lot of, you know, your dreams and whatnot. And that's very unsafe as well. And that some people are like, what does judgment have to be with being unsafe? But judgment is actually one of the number one reasons and ways you can make your spouse feel unsafe. Yeah, because when we're in that place of judgment, it's hard for us to be in a place of compassion at the yeah, same time. Yeah, at the same time. In it's fact, good. we really can't do that. Mm-mm. And so when that judgment comes in, it are, affects our ability to have compassion mm-hmm. with each other. And for me, early in our marriage, I had some of those same fleeing tendencies of things got hard or conversation felt uncomfortable, and I may not have physically left, but emotionally, I felt so overwhelmed and didn't know what was going on inside of me that it led to a lot of shutdown. And that wasn't very safe for Jose and where he was at. Um He's smirking. Um, <laughs> and so further proving that it it wasn't safe and it was an unhelpful behavior that caused tension between the two of us. Yeah, and what I would do is that I would I knew that something was wrong and I thought it was it was me. I was doing something that was not making you feel safe. You weren't sharing for whatever reason. And so then I would just double down on my commitment mm-hmm. to have that conversation. And I was so pursuing. Isn't it said <laughs> it says persistently pursue my spouse? So I was being like God. You were persistently pursuing. I was persistently pursuing. Remember the, the needy waterfall is different yeah. than the loving waterfall. Yeah, it's like that jet if you have one of those showers, you know, that massage feature that's not helpful. It's hurtful, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. Another um, way you could say that is it felt very intense to me. Intense. <laughs> and so in his persistent and sometimes intense pursuit, it created a, a lack, lack of, of safety, safety between the two of us. So I shared this in my group that what has helped us is space. That's mm-hmm. what makes safety is space. I give Taylor space. I remember when uh, we, we did get this right early on in marriage when we uh, got the call to consider being the youth pastors at, at this church in 2014. We got the we got the invite. We got the the idea to to pray through and and to consider coming. And it was God's grace. Um, I looked at her and I said, "I'm going to go play soccer." It, there was a soccer a pickup soccer game happening down the street, so I left for I think an hour or two hours. And Taylor was able to process while I was gone. I already had it figured out. I knew mm-hmm. I, I had my I had my processing down, um, and so I was ready to engage in conversation. But instead, I gave her space, and and that's something that I look back at because we still need to practice. Well, that I do like today. that word you brought up, processing, because I'm an external processor. Sean's an internal processor. Neither one of them is right or wrong, but 
early on, I thought my way was right. So therefore I created a lot of unsafe environments because you weren't processing like I was. And so that's another way being an internal processor and external processor. If you can have that conversation with your spouse, it's very valuable and be okay with, you know, if you have two external, just talk through that because one's going to want (laughs) to dominate the conversation. But if you have two internals, you can have two people that flee and don't want to talk about it. And if you're opposite, honor each other in how you do process. Mm -hmm. Y'all are doing a lot of great things. And I think it's just worth pointing out because if someone's listening to this podcast, they obviously want to go deeper. And the very first thing to point out is the confession Mm -hmm. and the fact that Christina, you did a great job confessing. I've made the environment unsafe for you at Mm -hmm. different times, Sean, by, you know, escalating or belittling. And Taylor, you did that by talking about fleeing and and Jose, you did that talking about your intensity, but confession is a great exercise. Mm -hmm. If you take the time to ask yourself, what am I doing that makes my spouse feel unsafe? And you're willing to go to them and say, you know what? God's revealed to me that I'm doing a few things that are probably closing you down and preventing you from experiencing you know, love like you deserve to experience. And that confession is powerful. The second thing that you guys did that was really great was y'all talked about taking timeouts when you need to, right? Creating that space. And uh, you got to be careful because if you just look at your spouse and you're a fleer like Taylor and I, and it's like, hey, I'm going to play soccer. They'll be like, well, when are you coming back or what's going to happen? But if you call that time out and say, hey, listen, I need to go get away. I need to think for myself. I need to process a little on my own. I need to pray. I'll be back at a certain set time. And uh, that's a safe behavior for, for everybody. It gives time for de-escalation, processing, and you come back in a better place. So those are great habits, great practices. If somebody's out there looking to do a date night and really think through an intentional conversation, that might be it. Lord, what am I doing that's making my spouse feel a little less safe? What do I need to do to confess that and be open mm-hmm. with it? I think oftentimes we want to look at the other person and we're quicker to look at the other person and be like, they're doing these unsafe behaviors towards me. And we're going to spend a lot of wasted time looking in that direction rather than looking up to God and then reflecting inside of ourselves to see, hey, what is my part to own here? What do I need to do just that and confess and share in a safe and honest, vulnerable way with the person that I have a covenant relationship with? That's really good. I think that's excellent on safety. Another thing with this hased, this this pursuing, you know, this kind of a secure attachment love, this resilient, steadfast love is being able to communicate that to your spouse. And we all know there's love languages and different ways to receive love. But um, Christina, what are some ways? And and Taylor, think of some things to tell Jose. What are some ways that I could show love to you this week and really communicate that faithful love to you? I love this question. he's already feeling the love (laughs) yeah wow I think you do this really well but you sometimes when we are disconnected because our schedules have been really crazy this week disconnection for you and I is neither one of us really like it so when you listen to me and not listen only to solve the problem because Sean's a fixer by nature. He's a therapist and you're such a good, you solve things really well. But sometimes I just want to connect with you and I don't want it to be solved. Does that make sense? So I think listening this week, taking, I think it'd be helpful if you 
maybe initiated a date and you had, you know, the date planned. And then our conversations can be around some of these questions that would make me feel loved. Great. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. I was thinking along some similar lines of, you know, one thing that is helpful and beneficial to us as a married couple is having time Mm -hmm. somewhere in our day to connect. And so with four kids between five and 10, that often does not look like right after school Mm -hmm. or when we're getting ready and everybody's getting geared up for the day. And so I think a way that I feel loved is similarly when we're able to have that time to connect and listen to each other and learn about our days without the problem solving and fixing aspect, um, unless that's necessary. And sometimes it is right. Yeah, it is. And that's really helpful. I've heard you guys say this before, you know, you Sean asking Christina, Hey, do you want me to listen now? Or do you want me to fix? Because there, there is a time, there is a time for both. And, uh, Hey, thanks for sharing that. It's really good. That's great. I think that's what you could be doing. You need to be asking your spouse. I love that husbands need to take the lead, I think, in exercises like this. And just like we were able to do with the with the ladies here with us, you know, ask your wife, you know, what is it that would make you feel loved? And if she doesn't have a ready answer or you're not quite ready and bold enough to ask that question, go back to the workbook and there are suggestions in the workbook in the take home questions around exercises, little things that you could do to make your spouse, your spouse feel loved this week. Um, so take the time to do that. Also in the workbook is the opportunity to take a couple's checkup. And I think that's a great, it's a great exercise. Um, when I say couple's checkup, what comes to mind to you guys? Doctor's office. <laughs> I'm thinking of like blood work yeah. and diagnosis, diagnosis right. assessment, measurements. Needles. Needles. Yeah. What if it just tells Jose how he could love you better and be a better husband? Would that be more that palatable? That sounds like a great check <laughs> That's not what it does. It's not beat up on husband time. What the couples check in does is it really helps you to identify, are there some areas in our marriage where we're doing really well? And um, praise the Lord for that. And let's keep keep inter- energy in those. Um, but are there some areas that are growth areas, opportunities for us? And if you're going through this married people, you know, series with us, it's good to know where the where we need some some help, and so that you can be paying attention as we get to those discussions as we go along. So it's a great opportunity. Family Life put this quiz together. It's pretty simple. You can do it on your own phone, and then it combines. I think your results with your spouse. So. Take the time to look at that QR code and do that. And you just might learn something new about your spouse. You know, one of the questions in the workbook says, when you think about how love was shown or not shown in your childhood home and how has that impacted your view of love and your relationship? I've talked to a couple after and, and she just said, I just learned something new about my husband that he learned about himself tonight. And they've, they've been married 11 years. And I thought that was interesting that, we think we know everything about our spouse spouse after even 11 years and for you and I longer than that. But man, curiosity is so important and it's so key to keep having it. So a couple's check-in could be a really great way to learn something new from your about your spouse. 
Yeah, there are several times I've known everything there was to know about you, and then you changed. changed so, <laughs> and that's a good point because seasons do change, and uh, what's in our schedule changes, and who's in our house changes, mm-hmm. and so by doing something like a couples yeah. check-in, it's a great way to, yeah. hey, in this time of our lives, where are we at? Right. What do we need? What do we need to get better at? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The final thing in the workbook is a devotion, and that devotion was written by one of Family Life's um, speaker team members, specifically about the topic that we've been discussing, this has said secure attachment, and there's some questions at the end. So again, just another opportunity. We're not trying to overwhelm you. We just want to equip you with plenty of conversation Mm -hmm. starters. And so reading that and spending time with the Lord around that devotion may be what you want to do, doing that, then discussing it with your spouse is an opportunity. Um, do you guys have any devotions that you've done together as a couple that really? No, no. The, we the... read the Bible together. <laughs> no way. Uh, the ultimate. The ultimate. And then that's that's another thing. Going back early early marriage, I did have the expectation that we would do that all the time. Yeah. I would lead her in worship. That I would. I'm serious. I had that expectation mm-hmm. that because that's what I not only did on my own, but that's something that I desired. Desired yeah. uh, in marriage. And he married someone that is not musically inclined at all. And so to join him in worship may look different than yeah. from a musical way. And and so, the again, the space thing has been huge yeah. because we have been able to give each other space and then coming back and, and learning, uh, here's what God's teaching me has been has been really good. So that, that would be another cool thing. I think it says that there on the first uh, question after the devotional, uh, ask God to show you the ways his love for you is perfect, steadfast, mm-hmm. and unconditional. Because again, that'll take the pressure off marriage and you'll be able to receive yeah, from, the, from the, the deep. off of you or your spouse and start there right. with what is God showing you. I, I don't think it's a coincidence, but I shared in, in our group that, uh, Sean, years ago, you, you referred me to an amazing counselor that's been just a, such a blessing in my life. This last week, we had a, a session, and he gave the triangle illustration, which actually Taylor called out in our group time. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we just talked about this. But God is at the top of the triangle. We're at the bottom. And the closer we individually get with God is the closer that we will be with one another. And uh, I do love that this study is all around these words that uh, talk about the love that God has for us, because the more we tune into them, then the more we're giving people, you guys said this on Sunday, we're, we're, we're giving them Jesus mm-hmm. through our marriage, mm-hmm. by the way that we're loving one another. Mm-hmm. And that's what this world really Well, and means. some people are listening and saying, our marriage does not look like Jesus. <laughs> and I will agree, because there are days where ours don't. And don't be discouraged. That's why... I think it's important to have, you know, once again, we're not trying to give you a lot of things, but community is so important not to go find a, you know, community and share everything and blast and, and criticize. But man, like this borrowed hope that I keep going back to when we have people that will listen and show care and compassion and say, we want to come alongside you in this journey of marriage. It is hard. It is fun. And I think it's important because some people are like, well, y'all are saying some great things, but our marriage is its just hard, and we're in a season of drought. And we're just saying you have to be intentional with that. How can we get you from drought to thriving? 
and what can we do in between? I think that's well said. And the reality is the best way to get out of drought is to reconnect with the ultimate source, the water that never runs dry. And that is what God is. That's what he taught us through this word has said. Mm -hmm. And uh, we want to stay connected to him so that we can overflow even in times when our marriage falls short of where we want it to be because he's for us. He's for you. He's for your marriage. and He wants to see you succeed. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. See you back for the next conversation.